Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right, 9 o'clock hour. Here on Kevin Aquari again. Thank you to Zaire Franklin. Joined us a little bit earlier. We hit on a little bit of everything with him, certainly in the Isaiah Rogers situation. Uh, his thoughts on Anthony Richardson, the new kickoff rule. Enjoyed that conversation with uh, Zaire on that. Again, kind of questions on that front still to be determined. Obviously, what will the punishment be? We haven't heard any sort of statement from the Colts outside of the traditional PR 101. We are aware of the situation. We're gathering more info, et cetera, et cetera. Shane Steichen meets the media tomorrow. Tomorrow's an open OTA session. Um, so that, the NFL punishment, was this isolated, the details of the types of bets, et cetera. Those are some of the things still to check for me. And that goes on until when? Uh, OTA is the final week of OTAs. So tomorrow's oh, the last okay. open one. Next week will be a three-day mini camp, so I'll be out there for all three of those days. And that's it. Summer break for a month and a half for the Colts. Uh, joining us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline, he is a veteran of not one, not two, not three, but four Indianapolis 500-mile races. This year was thought to be his fifth. And then, of course, he was involved in an accident in the final practice that led to, and I hope that my uh, verbiage is correct here, a fractured vertebrae in his back, I believe is correct. He can add more on that. But Stefan Wilson joins us um, to kind of just update on where things are and, and perhaps send a message to Indy 500 fans as well, and he's on the hotline. Steph, first off, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey Jake, thanks for having me on. Uh, let's begin with this. The most important question would be, how are you feeling? And take me through um, kind of the rehabilitation, if you will, and, and just being back on the mend when it comes to your back. Yeah, so yeah, your your verbiage was uh, spot on, actually. So yeah, so good, good job with that. Uh, but yeah, my, uh, my recovery is going well. You know, it, it's a day-by-day process. You know, it's going to be slow, uh, slow gains every day and that's all I can really ask for at the minute you know every day I just feel a little stronger a little bit more like myself and can do uh actions that uh, I'm more used to doing you know so it's 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 going to be about a three-month process um I'm told I'm somewhere in a back brace and uh limited to what I can really do for the next three months but you know it about a week ago or when I got home or Oh, I, I should say back to my in-laws uh, where I'm staying in Kokomo until uh, the post-op on Wednesday. So, you know, when I got there, it, you know, it was, you know, pretty humbling, you know, to to realize how how much I lost, you know, in terms of not just missing out on the Indy 500, but all the actions that you take for granted, just everyday things, just getting up, moving around, um, you know, that's all sort of, gone at that point um you know and it's uh you know it was pretty yeah like i said pretty humbling but in the last week every day just made slow gains and it's it's amazing now to look back and see how much progress i've already made so i'm just hoping for for that same kind of progress over the next couple of weeks months and and to get back to normal and obviously the goal is to get back to the indy 500 in 2024 Okay, Steph. So three months till like normal human functions. Yeah, um, it, 
that's hard to tell in the minute. I mean, I, I'm, I've been up, you know, the first day it was, you know, difficult to even get out of bed, if that makes sense. Just even rolling onto your side, sitting up, standing was a huge challenge uh, for me. And now, uh, you know, just yesterday I was able to get on, you know, get on the treadmill and just walk on the treadmill um, for two miles. So, like the the progress I've already made has has been significant. I don't know, you know, as far as bending down and picking things up and holding weights and that that kind of stuff. That's that's going to be a, a while. That's probably going to be another two months at least. So I think it's three months until I'm back to the original strength is what I'm hoping for. But um, you know, it's it's definitely going to be time. I'm going to be um, you know relying on the my my uh, doctors and, and rehab team to you know, get uh, full clarity on that. Steph, was there ever a time uh, initially, and, and I'm going to gather that probably the combination of shock and then medication, things might be a little hazy, and I understand that, but was there ever concern at the very beginning that, that the woods may be thicker than just this, that you were going through, and that there could be like even a paralysis or anything like that? Um. No, I was never really worried about paralysis. I mean, I, I'm straight away immediately in the accident. Um, there was significant pain in my lower back, and I kind of knew that there was probably something not right. Um, but, you know, knowing that the Indy 500 was less than a week away and being a stubborn race car driver like I am, I was like, nope, no, it's going to be fine. Um, so even when we got back to the medical center inside the track, I, I tried to convince the doctors I was, I was good and, and uh, fit and healthy and ready to go. So I suddenly stood up and, and walked around um, with a broken back, which probably not advisable now I look back at it. Um, you know, so the, there was never sort of a fear of that. It's just, uh, you know, one, once, we had they uh, they did the MRI and the X-rays and saw how bad the break was or the fracture was. Um, you know, it was, and that it needed surgery to correct it. You know, that's when sort of a bit of fear hits in, and I was like, man, what what's this going to mean for the future? Um, but I, I actually, all those fears were kind of again relieved once I spoke to a couple other drivers that have had a similar type of fracture in their back. Um, and speaking to Terry Trammell as well at IndyCar, he just um, yeah was able to reassure me that hey, this is this is going to suck, but it's it's you know you're going to recover from this and, and get back in a car. So that's that's um, that's all I needed to hear. I got to thinking about this, Steph. Stephen Wilson is our guest. He's on the Payless Cigars Hotline. I got to thinking about this, you know, like I said, that, that was going to be your fifth Indianapolis 500. We know that Graham Rahal got in the car for you and ran the race. Um, and I, and I thought, you know, at, at some point, Stefan Wilson is his own man. He's been in four Indy 500s. He's, he's raced in several IndyCar events. He raced in lights. He's forged his own path. He's secured his own sponsors. And at some point, it seems like out of fairness to him, Stefan Wilson needs to be referred to as a driver. And we need to, to quit sim simply saying Stefan Wilson, who is Justin Wilson's younger brother. And then I thought to myself, but if I was Justin Wilson's younger brother, I would want everyone to know I'm Justin Wilson's younger brother because I don't <laughs> know that there was a more liked and dear and 
quite frankly, just honorable driver. And I think everybody in the paddock would say that. But yep, he had terrible luck, and it's almost like you got you've inherited that same luck. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I mean, I uh, I fully agree with you, Jake. Like I I don't mind being referred to as Justin Wilson's younger brother because he was uh, an amazing driver, an amazing person. I'm I'm on it. You know, I was I was lucky to be his younger brother. You know, so I um, I'm racing the Indy 500. I'm trying to win the Indy 500. It's, as much about winning it for myself as it is about winning it for him as well. Cause I feel like that's something that he would have achieved in his career had he, had he had more time, you know? So, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm going to need to drop, you know, some of this, this bad luck that I've inherited, you know? So I, I would definitely like a little bit of, uh, a little bit of luck in the next couple of years would be, would be sure would be handy. So you're right. I hope, um, you know, Lady Luck shines on me next year. Do you have other siblings, or was it just the two of you? Yeah, it was just me and Justin. Okay, so, so with that, yeah. Steph, the reality is this. You know, I know you love racing, and I know Justin loved racing, and I assume your parents loved what racing has, has been able to afford you guys. But at some point, maybe racing's going to have to love you back, but it hasn't happened yet, and racing's taken a lot from you. So... Why still the desire to race, and is the drive the same as it was the second you strapped into that car for the final practice? Oh, absolutely. It's probably more now. You know, it, it, um, you know I, winning the Indy 500 is all I think about. It's, it's kind of an obsession. It's definitely consumed me. And, you know, I, you know there's, uh, there's not a lot that can really stop me from keeping on you know, trying to pursue this this goal and this and this trying to achieve this this dream of winning the Indy 500. So, no, I'm um, every day I'm I'm working towards that now and trying to get back to that full fitness. You know, and um, we've got uh, a, a year to do it. So, I'm fortunate that time's on my side at least. Steph, if you don't mind, could you take us back to that Monday practice and, and the incident that, that happened with, with Catherine Leg? It was obviously a very crowded track as it is every final Monday practice leading into the 500. Uh, what do you remember coming out of, you know, whatever the straightaway turn one and, and hitting the wall? Yeah, no, it was a kind of a typical pack run. You know, there was, uh, we'd been running for about three or four laps um, in this group. And, you know, it's just kind of typical race running where, you know, people check up and cars check up ahead of you and you're preemptively predicting that, you know, lifting for it and accommodating the lifts that happen ahead of you, you know, the, the, the traffic and check- checkups that happen ahead of you. So it all felt really standard, really normal. Um, you know, Santino Frucci was the car right ahead of me. He was passing Devlin DeFrancesco. So going into turn one, you know, DeFrancesco obviously has to lift in, to merge in and, you know, there's no way I was going to be able to pass him into one, so I had to lift as well, otherwise I run in the back of him. So, you know, pretty standard stuff. And then halfway through turn one, I'm already thinking about trying to get the run and trying to get the pass made on DeFrancesco down to turn three. And all of a sudden, my spotter keys up um, with a, a curse word. Um, I want to say it on radio. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to. but um, And I was like, hmm, that's not good. Uh, you know, when your spotter uses that kind of language um, unexpectedly, you know that it can't be good. Um, 
and then all of a sudden we got hit from behind. So, you know, just really disappointed um, that it happened and disappointed for the whole team, really, because they actually produced an amazing race car. I said it all month. This is the best opportunity I've ever had coming into the 500. And, you know, in an in a instant, that's, that was uh, that was taken away. Did you hear from Catherine Legg? Yeah, yeah, I know she's reached out and apologized, and you know it's um, which I appreciate that. It's just uh, you know it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's still disappointing nonetheless. And you know, I, kind of the <clears throat> I don't know if you'd say irony or coincidence in it being that her teammate Graham Rahal then, who had been bounced, that was the big storyline. Um, when Graham became the one to get in your car, Stefan. To me, it felt kind of appropriate because I don't know that people and I and you tell me if I'm exaggerating this, but I don't know that people maybe understand the relationship that Graham had with your brother, and then in addition to that, some of the efforts that he made when your brother passed to kind of help and facilitate for your nieces and your sister-in-law. Did that make it special? Is maybe the wrong word, but appropriate that it would be Graham Rahal. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he really did help out so much uh, when we lost Justin. So, you know, honestly, all that decision was made and, and it was all done uh, while I was sort of still out of it, um, you know, getting ready for the surgery. So, you know, when I, once I came through all that, I was um, happy to, to hear that it was Graham. Um, I, I'd exchanged a message with him the night before um, – on, on Sunday, Sunday night after the qualifying and after he got bumped and was just expressing how, you know, sad I was for him that he missed out and how much it means to him and how, you know, he'll be back stronger. <laughs> and, um, you know, then uh, it sort of, uh, I didn't realize how quick he was going to be back uh, at that point. Uh, so, no, it was good. He, I, I've known Graham for so many years and he obviously, is, you know, he was going to do a good job for my, for my sponsors and partners that made it all possible. So that was reassuring to know that we had someone in the car that um, is going to do, you know, fill in, fill my shoes pretty easily, you know. Steph, last one for me. Um, I, you know, we're 50 some weeks out. So uh, apologies if, you know, there's no way to know this for sure. But you, you know, said earlier in the interview that your goal is to drive in the 2024 Indianapolis 500, whether that's your own physical health or it's just an opportunity question. How realistic do you feel like that is sitting here on June 6th? Um, I'd say pretty realistic, you know, like the sponsor support that we had this year, all the partners were, you know, had, had an amazing experience with what we, what we gave them. And, you know, a lot of them have already expressed that they want to come back. I think we still have to work some details out with, uh, with Dryer and Reinbold. That's the goal is to come back with, with Dryer and the 24 in 2024. So, you know, um, I think there's, there's definitely a few moving pieces and I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent done, but I, I think I feel pretty confident right now that we've got some great support and, um, you know, I, the job that I did with, with Dryan Reinbold before the accident, um, they were really happy with. So I think there's a lot of momentum behind the whole program right now. And, um, yeah, I would like to say that, um, I feel, feel good about returning, but you never know with these things. So you go home tomorrow, is that correct? <clears throat> Excuse me, is that correct? Uh, I, we have a post-op surgery, like post-op um, uh, checkup tomorrow, so probably some x-rays to make sure that the surgery is all 
doing what it's supposed to have done. And um, then we uh, head home on Thursday, head back to Colorado. So, yeah, you know, um, excited to get home and, and really start getting back into, you know, uh, normal normal day function. You know? Well, so this is the important thing and the most important part of you, Steph, joining us this morning. Stephan Wilson, our guest on the Payless Sugars Hotline. And that is the fact that, you know, as you kind of turn the next chapter of this journey, if you will, by go, by assuming that everything goes okay and you head back to Colorado, um, there are a ton of people, fans of the sport, many of which maybe you've never met, that throughout from the accident to the start of the race to now that I think have probably reached out or have simply been pulling for you both inside and outside of the car, and I wanted to give you the platform to be able to speak to them. So the floor is yours. Yeah, well, first off, I you know, really want to say big thanks to all the, the nurses and, and the doctors that took care of me at Methodist, IU Methodist Hospital. Um, everyone was just incredible, even from the IndyCar safety safety team and the IndyCar doctors um, were awesome in taking care of me and, and uh, you know, getting me all the right the right treatment to, to start this recovery process. And then, you know, the whole IndyCar fan base just really rallied around me, which, um, you know, in the days after the accident, I could not believe the amount of support that I, I received. And, you know, I don't expect anyone to know who I am. I do one race a year, pretty much, in the Indy 500. And, you know, um, I feel very blessed to have that opportunity. Um, but don't expect anyone to know who I am. And um, the amount of people that reached out and just on social media and then even in the in the paddock, um, you know, signing the, the, uh, the banner on the garage wall. So that was super cool to see and definitely helped lift my spirits and you know if anyone else that's going through something similar right now as well like a back injury it, it's um like i said it's pretty humbling at times but you know, every day it just gets better so and definitely yeah sending some love out to the, anyone that's uh that's going through it or has gone through it that can relate well steph good luck with the rest of the rehab um and the recovery certainly safe travels back to colorado and i really hope when april or may rolls around next year we're having this conversation. Hell, maybe we're talking to you on Carb Day after the race, whatever, about you participating in the 108th running of the Indianapolis 500. Thanks for the time today. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, catch you soon.